Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, everybody. My name is Trent Clark, CEO of Leadership, serial entrepreneur, longtime coach of professional baseball coaching in three World Series, and welcome to the Winners Find a Way show. I am with my good friend, LinkedIn Larry. Larry Kaufman, how are you, buddy? I am wonderful, Trent. Thanks for having me. Great to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you, man. This is exciting to have you. You and I go back about 10 years back in Chicago, and man, like, you were the LinkedIn guy before there were LinkedIn guys, right? Or LinkedIn people, right? Like you were leading people to like, hey, this is how you actually use your your profile to actually gain access into this world. And there was probably what, a million users out there? I mean, there was probably how many now comparatively, right? Almost 800 million. And I was out there when there were about a million. Yeah. That's just crazy. That's crazy. So for everybody, welcome to the show. I'm super excited. On the Winners Find a Way show, we talk about, to the 1%, about the tough things, the things that we overcome in this life. And if you're sitting there out there and you're looking to become elite, you're a business owner, an athlete, running an organization, or just simply looking to get better, like this is the show for you. We are thrilled to have you here. And Larry Kaufman will not disappoint at all. Let's meet Larry. First of all, Larry, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's right. Right? So look up Larry Kaufman in Chicago on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Amazon. So look me up under my name or under the NCG factor and also Kaufman-Larry.com for my website. Perfect. Okay. So let's meet Larry. I love your story. You got a great story. You wrote the NCG factor. You're a Loyola guy. You're a Chicago kid born and raised and then went to Loyola. Great school. Jesuit school, which I love. And then you've been in the corporate world and bridging that corporate to private for a lot of years. Is that fair? Yeah, I've been on my own, had a taste of that, have had the corporate. I've been through four M&As. I've seen a lot, done a lot, and always shifted industries because I wanted to challenge myself and not just be that 30-year person, same company, same industry, doing the same thing day in, day out. Right. So I love that. And then you're a McDonald's guy, which makes sense being in Chicago, but you started out like on the register. Is that right? Well, I've had many part-time jobs. I, I've been working since I was 13. And before that, you call babysitting and shoveling snow, right? I, I did all I love money. Love money. But <laughs> yeah, I, I did the McDonald's stint and I was fired from the register because I couldn't balance. I was demoted. Or you could say promoted to fry guy, filet guy, grill guy. That didn't work out too well either. Yeah. And then now like the McDonald's is pretty important to you, right? This is a huge part of your life because you met your spouse at McDonald's. Talk about that. I I met my wife probably going on 34 years ago 
through a McDonald's drive through She was wearing the that sexy headset. <laughs> it was the size of your head back then. The polyester <laughs> uniform. That was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah. You know, really, really caught my eye. And I was going through the drive through it, it took repeated trips to make the real connection. Yes. Well, listen, nothing says hotness like polyester and a big headset, right? No, it, that did it for me. Yeah. She yeah. Took me in. Clearly, you could see some hearty there. Now, what's one thing most people don't know about you, Larry? Well, so besides actually meeting my wife through the McDonald's drive through we eloped a little over a year after that. We just, June 6th, just hit 33 years. We got married in Vegas. We eloped and got married at the Chapel of Love. Off <laughs> I the love strip. it. Yeah. I love it. The Chapel of Love. Like, who wouldn't be hanging at the Chapel of Love, right? So good. So tell me a little bit about the NCG factor. This is this is one of you, how many books have you written? Is this your book? One and only. One right and only. Now, it's yep, one and only. One, but yep. it, it's a good one. I know you have another one in the works. So, okay, so you have one only right now. And let's talk a little bit about that, the NCG factor. First of all, what does the NCG stand for? So N is networking, C connecting, G giving. It's a formula for building life-changing relationships from college to retirement. So just that's in a nutshell, very simple. It's really all about building relationships using the art of connecting and giving. And it really starts from college because you talk about Loyola. I thought back to my days at Loyola being in a fraternity. You wouldn't think of Loyola as a party school, but it was back in the 80s because that's how old I am. And it was, a, it was a different world back then. And I wouldn't have thought about forging relationships and volunteering for a charity and, and helping kids that are having some challenges in certain topics, which I could not have been a tutor for, but just in theory, it would have been nice if I could have helped somebody with something. And networking with my professors, right? And, and we've got LinkedIn today. I could connect with my professors and I could start to forge relationships, things I wouldn't have thought about back then. But then you, you take it and fast forward at all stages of our career, all the way into retirement, we do need to be connecting and building relationships and be givers and to be givers as well. Yes. And as a business owner, I mean, we battle this all the time. I mean, it is, I think the networking part is almost like ingrained in the business owner, right? Where everyone's always hunting for new clients, the networking part, but the actual connecting and giving back and making space and room for that. I see a lot of people challenged with that. What do you see, Larry? I would say you're right. I think a lot of people are just going right for the juggler, right? They just want the business. They want to get right to the decision maker. And today is a different world, right? So we have to be a little more sensitive, kind of, like you could say post-COVID, we're still sort of in the thick of it to a degree. And you really got to take the time to build relationships and get to know people. And the better you get to know people, the more you could forge a relationship and frankly, do some things for them that they wouldn't have thought that you could do. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of things for people because I want to, but that's converted into business. And I'm not in a sales capacity. I'm a leadership role, but that is turned into business without me asking for it. One of the words that I love that you use is the NCG factor and really like a carrier word, right, is legacy. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think people go to work every day and I, and I think people dream about leaving a legacy. I think they think it's important. I think everyone wants to know what people are going to say at their funeral, right, and be remembered well. 
right? But you and I both know that that starts with what you do every day. And this is one of those things like you can't push it off to, hey, one of these days, I'm going to get to really leaving this legacy. It's going to be maybe not this year, maybe not the next two or three years, but like five years, I'm going to be comfortable where I can go out and start giving back. And you'd argue against that. Is that fair? I, I would. I don't think we should wait and you're right about, you don't want to wait till you're gone to build that legacy. You've got the opportunity to do it now. And I've been doing that for years, is trying to build that living legacy with intent, thinking about the other person and making the right connections, introductions, getting to know people and where they need help. If they're trying to get a loved one to Mayo Clinic and I can open that door or Recently, someone was challenged with their child trying to get into medical school and some connections and things I did was helpful to get them there. You wouldn't think that, right? So it's it's about being indispensable to other people that they think of you beyond what you do in your business, what your company sells and markets, what you do in your leadership role. Stop thinking about yourself and think about the other person and that will lend itself to your legacy. Yeah. And I think as I read that, just that part of that, where we're talking about not just your clients, but your team, your advisors, those people that are supporting the system and building sustainability, one of those big itties, right? As organizations, everyone's role is, is based on sustainability. We all are much more comfortable when we know, hey, there's going to be a job tomorrow. But part of that is leaving that legacy inside with those individuals internally. And I think sometimes we're always looking at that externally. Do you see that the same? Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I, I lead a decent sized team, but during the pandemic and ongoing, they know, and I ask, how can I be helpful to you? How about those in your world, in your family? What, what can I do to be helpful? And so it's turning to your teams, just getting to talk to the people around you that work for you, with you and around you, finding out how they've been impacted by the pandemic what's happening in their world. And the more that you talk to your internal teams and, and peers, there's things that you could do for them that would be really helpful. And you're right, then externally, definitely, but you're right internally, just right around you to find out how people are doing, what's happening in their world. And, and I love doing that. And frankly, some of what I've done is some people have been through some terrible hardships related to and not related to COVID. And it's it's me just picking up the phone and calling them. And I know you're going through a tough time. And Trent, I just wanted to have a, a chat with you and see how you're doing. And, yes. and what can I do for you and, and your family in this time of need? And sometimes just that phone call and being empathetic and true and real is really powerful. It doesn't mean that you're making a connection. It's just having a conversation. Well, and letting somebody be heard, right? I think that's one of the biggest challenges when things are down, we don't feel heard, right? Like, and I do this when I speak, I ask, hey, who in the room has had their boss in the last five years? Ask them, how can I be of help to you? How could I be serving you better? Anything in that category, genre. And what do you think the hand total is about percentage wise in the room? 1%. Less? It's, it's a little better than that. I would say between 10 and 20%. But we're talking about one in five leaders. One in five leaders, their direct boss, the direct play. I tell people all the time, people don't leave companies, they leave their boss. And if you're a boss and you're leading out there at any level, 
at any position you're in. And I don't care if it's the, the eighth grade volleyball team. Like, that's awesome. Like, if you're the captain, like, hey, how am I helping others get better and asking and engaging in those conversations? And like you said, Larry, really listening to what that answer is, I think is so huge. It really is. Tell us a little bit about, okay, let's jump into this question. I lo- I'm excited about the book. We can see the NCG Factor book right there on the shelf in the back end. You have not got that. You need to pick it up. It's a good book. You're definitely going to want a little piece of that. And Larry, because you, as a LinkedIn profile member, it's a competitive environment, right? This is, what did you just tell me, 80 million? 800 million members 800, today globally. 800 million. Like what an Like how do you absolutely separate yourself in this market. I mean, first of all, talk to Larry, read the book. That's going to help you as a leader for sure. And then the show is winners find a way. And the reason for that, Larry, is because I love the quote from the four disciplines of execution that says winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. In my lifetime, that has been probably the mantra of athletics. Like you lose all the time. So you get accustomed to like, hey, I don't like failing. (laughs) This isn't good for me. We have very notable KPIs, right? There's a big scoreboard and bright lights that says, listen, they have eight runs and you have one. (laughs) It's very clear and evident that you're losing. Some of these KPIs are not always evident that we're losing, but in business, we have tons of them right? We have tons of them of attrition is leaving our companies. We have clients that are leaving our business and ordering somewhere else and buying somewhere else. There's all sorts of these KPIs in your life. I know you've been up against some challenges in your life. Let's talk about one of those times when you were down, felt like the losses are mounting, struggling, and you got to figure out a way to get through this. Can you take me back to a time then? I can take it back probably 2006 or so. I went into a business. I left corporate America, to go into business with a gentleman I had met in a business where I was running national sales. My wife was having a baby and my daughter was going to be born prematurely at 26 weeks, two pounds. And she ended up in the NICU for over three months. So really challenging time. She wasn't supposed to survive the first night. And it was a time where I was very stressed. And so this gentleman I was partnering with in my business where I was running national sales said, why don't you come into business with me? Now, I would not done a lot of research, but he had written like 10 books on Amazon. He had been on Oprah's AM Chicago in the day. So you got to take back some of your leaders who are not the, the, the new leaders, the leaders of the past may recognize that name or show. Sure. But I thought this is someone I've worked with. He had been very philanthropic, knew a lot of high powered people, names you would know and your audience would know. And I was at a tough point in my life. I said, maybe it's great. I'll leave my corporate job making a lot of money, great benefits to lose it all, <laughs> no salary, complete risk. My wife was too stressed out to combat my decision. I just felt I'd have more flexibility to help us through this tough time. And he painted a really nice picture. I didn't know better. I'd never been on my own. I was always, I always I was a corporate guy. And I went into business with him. And I would say it was the roughest year and a half MBA real life I could have ever gotten. Now, I wouldn't say this to my wife out loud, but I'm glad I went through it. Mm. It, it. It changed me. I learned a lot. It was tough emotionally, financially. It, it brought me rock bottom, but I learned so much from that experience. But I had to lift myself up because I had a wife, just had a, a premature baby. We had a, a child besides that, my son, who was about four. And my wife wasn't working. So it was me that had to 
dig myself out of this relationship that was going nowhere fast and find a real job outside of that, which I did a very high paying leadership job, but it was very difficult to keep the current relationship with my partner, who was not a good human being, who had been dishonest. And I think many leaders in the audience can relate to that. You go into business with a partner, you have to never do it again. Well, by the way, my wife said, if I ever do it again, I can, I'll be doing it as a single man. So that that marriage will be going away of of 33 years. (laughs) So I, I think I'm going to hang on to the marriage, but what a learning that I had throughout that year and a half. It was, yeah. it was terrible and good all at the same time. Yeah. And that partner ultimately ended up in prison. So he, about four years after we parted ways, nothing that I, I hadn't talked to him for four years. He got involved in another business. He took millions of dollars from investors across the country. And basically he was indicted, went to prison. He was plastered in the newspapers, television, unbelievable what happened. He went to prison and he died mm. and just tragic. Yeah. Uh, but basically for me, it was quite an experience that that's helped me throughout my career. And it's where I can give advice to people that I've been there. I've done it. I, I yeah. took the risk, no salary, nothing, no benefits and, and took that risk and gamble and, and survived it. But paid, I paid a price for that. So let's talk about that. Your daughter today is doing well. So here's the interesting thing. So my daughter was a preemie. Preemies normalize after about two years, God willing. She had complications. It was up and down for the three plus months. Very scary. Now, my wife is 4'11". So we thought things aren't looking good for the height of my daughter. She has passed up my wife. Anyone that passes up my wife, that's a feat in itself. But my daughter is almost five foot two. Healthy as can be. Brilliant, smart, artistic, wonderful woman. And at university today. She's going to college in the fall. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. That's a that's a beautiful thing. You know, and those and you look back at that time. Let's talk about going through that time. It, it, you can the thing about the emotions of going through hard times is you can take yourself back there in a minute. So let's not relive it, but let's revisit it. All right. Sure. Uh, when you think about that time, and if you knew somebody that was going through that right now, Larry, what would you tell them is probably the most important thing to consider having time of reflection that you've had now to look back on that and go through some other challenges in your life. What do you think is the most important thing when you're going through hard times? I think a lot of people are right now. I mean, given the current state of things. Well, I think you have to find someone that you can confide in and open up to, right? So I think if it's a business coach, it happened to be my wife, right? And I also, I went to one of my clients that was running a half a billion dollar organization of a multi-billion dollar public company, who was one of my clients. I confided in him. And when I told him what was going on, I said, Larry, I never trusted that person. I trusted you. And it was actually this gentleman that actually employed me in a leadership role, probably within two weeks, I had a job. Mm. And and so had I not confided in him, had the deep conversation with my wife. So find someone or some people that you can confide in. As, As painful, embarrassing as it may be, 
confide in someone because don't try to go at it alone. That's what I would tell someone going through that today. Yeah. Love that. What do you think when you look back? I mean, like, Hey, as a kid, this is what I want to do. I want to be selling things. I want to be developing, help, helping people develop their profiles and develop their positioning for betterment for themselves. What did you do this as a kid? Was there a moment that said that set you off on a path? Look, I was supposed to be a doctor. That's what I thought. I'd been a very bad doctor. So I helped out a lot of people who are sick by not being that doctor. But (laughs) I will say my father was more of that inspiration to start out and go into sales because I was more of a people person. Mm -hmm. And so I think he set me on that path to sell. I, I liked seeing what he was doing in sales and winning trips. That got me down that path. And then that led me down the leadership path because I, I liked the people that I worked for and then I aspired to be that leader. And so I worked hard to stand out and acquire those skills and have mentors and coaches to get me down the leadership path. As far as being that connector giver, it probably wasn't until where I, I probably went more into the public accounting world many years ago. And that's where I started to see how I know it sounds crazy, but accountants, but accounting firms, these CPAs really were forging these great relationships with their clients. Not saying all, but there were some standouts, which really impressed me. And I saw that they weren't just about the business. They were about the people and the relationship. And But I actually met an attorney, an intellectual property attorney, actually at that company where that gentleman kind of bailed me out from that terrible partnership. I met this partner from a law firm and I was told that he's just a a great person to meet. And I wasn't meeting attorneys in my job there. That wasn't a focus. But this woman in my network said, you've got to know this guy, Brian. He's an IP attorney. So I met with him and and actually what struck me at the end of our meeting, he said, Larry, it's great to meet you. I'm going to introduce you to two people you don't know. I thought that was really unique and interesting. I said, why would you do it? He said, It's just been my best practice, bringing two people in your world that you don't know, that you should know. I didn't become that connector overnight, but it changed the way that I thought about everyone I met with Mm -hmm. and made me think a little bit deeper about who they are and who they should know. Yeah, I love that. And immediately, if someone says that to me, by the way, and, and people have said that to me, like, hey, I really want to introduce you. I feel like, wow, that's really great. I want to reciprocate that for you. I have a large network of all stars around me and I'm fortunate and blessed that way, right? I want those people to know somebody too. Like, and, and immediately my head started changing that tone because a few people did that for me. And I tell you, if that's one thing in business, when you talk about the connecting part, right? That would be really influential because I, I think we have this LinkedIn, but, and that's good. But it feels like it's on the top surface. We got to get in and build that relationship now. Now we've got the introduction. Let's get the relationship. Like, let me talk to you, Larry, about someone that I know that you don't know that I think would have really value in your life for whatever reason. It may not be business. It may be your next pickleball partner. I don't know, right? But like, this is somebody you're just going to want to know. And I think you're like-minded and you guys have the similar mindset. And it's just going to be somebody I think that's going to have value in your life. And some of those introductions for me have been the best things that have ever happened to me. I'll tell you, when you when you do them the way I do them, where it's I've done business, where I've helped someone become a CEO of a $100 million company that became $200 million, and then he went through a divorce, and then I met someone who was widowed, and I intru- introduced the two to network, but I told them each, I think there's something special here. You guys should know each other. 
And those two had fallen in love from that mm-hmm. connection. I got another couple married. So I do a lot of personal connecting as well, Trent. If your listeners are listening, please <laughs> don't call me. I'm overloaded, but I love connecting people to people. Personally, professionally, I do it all. I'm full service. Yeah, there you go. Like you're the new hitch, man. Will Will Smith has nothing on you. Oh no, no, not at all. I love it. All right. So if you you had to look back on you know what separated you, Larry. I mean, you've been this guy who's been a trusted advisor for many. You're what I call a card, right? That high level coachability, adaptability to whatever's happening, always taking responsibility for your action. And then, of course, your network finds you very dependable. That dependability is so important. If you had to think, like, what was the one thing that separates you in that 1%, Larry? What do you think your superpower is? Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks. Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 999-99. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.